cool. Well, if you don't know me, my name is Nate Marley. Um, thanks, guys. Um, and this, this is my first year on staff, and I'm stoked to be here at Central. Um, I've been getting to know the campus a little bit. Michael and I, the other day, or a couple weeks ago now, we went um, on a little tour, and he had me like learn buildings so I could do a quiz, and I had to like walk around and show him. And so I'm starting to get to know, know the campus pretty well. I did pretty well, right, Michael? Thanks, thanks. So I'm, I'm getting to know it, um, feeling more comfortable. And, and I love you guys. You, you have just been such a welcoming um, community for me and for my wife, Maggie. That's my wife back there, Maggie Lane. Uh, so we're, we're just so excited to be here. Um, thanks, Wilson. Um, so if, if you haven't been with us, um, we're doing a series in Romans. We're going through Romans this quarter. Um, and so um, I'm just going to give a little recap if you haven't been around. Um, and if you have been around, that's good, re- good to recap. Um, so Paul, um, in the first three chapters of Romans, has been describing the hopeless condition of man. It's kind of heavy. Um, so we learned, we learned in the first three chapters that all of humanity is disconnected from God because of our sinful nature. Um, and there really isn't anything that we can do to earn our way back in right relationship with God. Um, and, and so that's, that's Paul sharing this with the Roman, or, yeah, with the Roman community um, and, and his heart, um, that God's heart, that he loves us so much that he, he wants us to know that we're in trouble. Um, and Michael gave this, us the image um, that Paul's trying to help us understand that we're drowning um, and that we're in need of a lifeguard. Um, or Tony gave us another image um, of that we are injured um, and that we need to see an x-ray of our hearts so that we can see that we really do need a doctor if we want to be healed and if we want to live a healthy life with God again. Um, and so then, at the end of chapter 3, um, we learn that it is through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that we can be brought into a right relationship with God again. Um, he's the only lifeguard. He's the only doctor able to heal us. And then we learned last week in chapter 4 um, from Meredith that faith in Jesus is the only way that we are justified or made right with God. Just as Abraham um, was, was the example that's used in Romans. Um, he was made right by his faith in Jesus, by trusting in what Jesus said he was going to do. By, Jesus wasn't around yet. By trusting what God said he was going to do. Um, and so that, that's the context that we're looking at um, when we're coming into chapter 5, which is where we're going to be today. So we're in Romans chapter 5. So you can churn there right now. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to read, I'm, I'm going to have Sims read, um, and we're just going to read 1 through 11. Um, I'm going to talk through the rest of it too, um, but I don't think we'd have time to read through all of it. So as I'm talking about it, um, the, the second half of the chapter, I want you to read through it with me, but um, we're not going to read it aloud. So Sims, go ahead and, and read that.
Awesome. Thanks, Sims. Um, so I could honestly write a dozen different messages from this chapter in Romans. Because each of these verses and paragraphs are huge in their message and their implications for us. But I am not going to do that. We're just looking at one tonight. So, um, so we're going to try and focus in on some of the main points. Um, and I, I think the main points that I want you to get is that um, God's love through Jesus, gives us peace and hope. Um, And that peace and that hope is part of God's overarching story of restoring the world to himself. So the the chapter starts out saying, therefore. Right? So whenever something says, therefore, we got to look back. Um, And so that's kind of why I was giving you context of, of what was going on. Um, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith. So that's, that's kind of a recap of chapter 4. Uh, through faith we're justified. We're made right with God. Um, when we put our faith in Jesus, repenting of our own ways of doing things, and following him as the Lord of our life. Um, and so now it's going to talk about what, what that means for us. So we're justified through faith. So what does that mean for us? What are the results of being made right with him? And the first thing we learn, let's read um, verse 1 and 2. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, in which we now stand. Now we need to remember and understand the first four chapters of Romans to really grasp the significance of this, right? Remember that in our nature... We are ungodly and unrighteous. Even if we try our best to live upright lives and be good people, in the end we fail. So we are cut off from the holy, righteous, and purely good God of the universe because of that sinful nature that we have. Romans 8.7 says, The mind governed by flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So we are in conflict with this God of the universe. Romans also says that the wages of sin is death. An eternal separation from God of love and goodness and life. That's, that's the result of um, what the first four chapters of Romans has been saying, right? That we're in need of this Savior because um, we are in disconnect with him. We're, in, we're drowning, and we're in need of a Savior, right? We'll keep that image. Um, and so it's been helpful for me um, to, to understand the peace, um, how good salvation is, how, how good being made right with God is. Um, it's helpful to understand, to have this um, alternative to compare to, right? And so it's helpful for me. So I want you to do it with me right now, too. Um, to picture myself at the throne of judgment. So close your eyes and, and do that. Um, so I, I'm coming to the throne of judgment. And I'm aware of every selfish, malicious, and wicked thing that I've done in my life. And I know that every single one of those acts 
is painfully at odds with the pure goodness and perfect holiness of the God that I stand before. Each act, as it's named before me, disqualifies me further and further and condemns me further and further. Now sit, sit in that feeling. What would that feel like? It's heavy, right? Now, I want you to contrast that to the image of yourself before the same throne. The same weight of sin is held over your head. The same disqualification. But Jesus steps in. He says, I'll take that punishment. His death is on me. Oh, and he's with me. He's part of the family. Make him feel welcome. How does that change? The mood changes pretty drastically, right? It changes from from this um, heavy feeling of dread and fear, shameful fear, to one of celebration and rejoicing, right? Because all of a sudden, we're at peace with God. There's no enmity there. There's no... Um, tension there. There's no conflict there. But since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. And we experience this peace in, in several ways. Um, I think it's, it's an objecti- objective peace um, that speaks to our past. Um, so I, I think this, this peace speaks to our past, our present, and our future. Um, And so it speaks to our past in in that it says that there is no longer conflict or enmity between us and God, right? We're good. We're in the fam. Our past sin is erased. Um, Now let's think of a a kingdom with me. And it's kind of hard for us because we don't live in that kind of culture or that time period of of kingdoms and kings. Um, But if you've seen like... I don't know, I'm a nerd, so sci-fi fantasy kind of stuff. Um, These kings, thanks. Um, (laughs) A king has a nation, um, and it's warring between another nation, right? And so with that warring between nations, there's there's conflict, there's kind of hatred, there's, like, we we hate them, we don't want to be with them, we can't stand the sight of them. Right, um, but when they resolve that conflict, they're no longer enemies. That's kind of what I think of, and and that's how it is with God. There's no more conflict. There's no more tension between between us when we have that peace, right? That that wartime versus peacetime. And when warring nations come to peace, there's also an establishment of a relationship and working together. Right? This peace also speaks to our present. We experience a loving kindness and a friendship with God that works together. He wants to live life with us. He wants to do life with us. And so it speaks to our our past, it speaks to our our present, and it also speaks to our future. Um, We not only have peace, but we have hope. Verse 2 says, We gain access by faith into this grace, which we now stand and boast in the hope of the glory of God. 
the Lord has granted us access into his grace, into his very presence. Now let's go back to that image of a king and his kingdom, right? So if we think, if we think of the Lord as a king, not just anyone can see the king, right? Much less talk with him or relate to him as a friend. But we, as peasants of the king, have been invited into his castle as his children, not just as guests, but as, as his family, as part of the royal family. We are princes and princesses with every access to any of his food and wealth and resources. And we can come and sit and talk with him at any time that we like. And not only that, but he invi- invites us to rule with him in his kingdom. One day... The king is going to return to this world. This world that is currently under the influence of evil and wickedness. One day it will not be so. The king will return and he will restore it to how he originally intended it to be. And so we have this hope and this security that he's going to do so. And that we will live in this restored world with him as we once did. Philippians 1.6 says that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So we have this hope. We not only have peace in, in the past that, that our sins are, are erased and peace in, in the present that we have a God who loves us and invites us to live life with him, to do life with him. But we also have a hope and peace in a future a good future where the king is, is on his rightful throne. And this world that um, has sinfulness and, and wickedness and death and pain um, is no longer going to be that way, that he's going to restore it to the way he originally intended it. And it's this hope and confidence that carries us through difficult times, as it says in verse 3 through 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who he has given to us. Because we know we are secure in Christ, and we look to the future time when he restores the world, we can push through suffering and allow God to transform us into people that are more and more like him. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from our Lord, who is the Spirit. As we stand in his grace... The Lord has not only restored us to a relationship with him that is free of guilt, but he is also restoring us into a full and complete image of God. And I think this is why understanding our peace in God through Jesus as more than just a feeling is really important. Um, There's going to be times in our life that are hard, right? We all know that. Life's hard. There's going to be times that are really frustrating, really disappointing, really discouraging. Um, 
And, and that's true for, for believers and non-believers. That's true for people following Jesus and people that aren't following Jesus. But the difference is the peace that we have in Jesus. Not just a feeling. So when we don't feel that peace, when we don't feel at peace, when we, we feel the, the conflict of the world, when we feel the, um, the result of, of sin's work on our world, in that time, we have a hope and a peace in Jesus that's deeper than just a feeling, but it's a trust and it's a faith that we're, that we're not always going to feel. Um, and so verse 6 through 11 gives us this further confidence in the love and grace of God. It says, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. God is in the business of reconciliation. He is actively restoring humanity into right relationships, right relationships with himself and right relationships with each other. And so it's at this point in in Romans 5 that um, Paul kind of zooms out and he shows us um, the bigger picture of God's reconciliation plan. So in in verses 12 through 21, um, he compares two different types of humanity, that of Adam and that of the Messiah. And so Adam, uh, he, he represents original humanity, right? And so whether in this passage we take it as a literal first man or, or a figurative um, first of humanity, um, it's, it kind of has the same effect. Um, that this man or this, this humanity was created in right relationship with God. But his rebellion from God brought corruption, sin, and death. To all mankind. So from that original sin, the world has come under a power of sin and corruption, bringing death. So that's, that's the original picture. God, God originally created um, humanity to be in right relationship with him, and, and they lived that way. Um, but with that first rebellion, um, that brought in um, this sinful nature to, to all of humanity. It's brought corruption to the whole world. And that's what, that's what we see today when we look around and we see um, things in our world that, that aren't right, that don't look right, that don't feel right, um, that bring pain and suffering. Um, but now Paul, Paul contrasts that in, in these, this next section of, of Romans. He contrasts that to the humanity that's found in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was considered a, a second Adam, we could say. Um, God's um, plan for humanity that, that lived a righteous life of obedience to God. And in his death and resurrection, he brought new life to humanity. And, and Paul, as Paul talks and, and compares these two men... Um, he talks about how, how Adam brought sin to the, 
to all of humanity. Through one man, sin came into the world. Um, but through one righteous man, life is coming to, to all of humanity and salvation in, G- in, in God. He's bringing right relationship to all of humanity. He gives us all access to that. And, and from the get-go, God has had a plan to restore humanity to himself. Um, he made a covenantal relationship with Adam, or with Abraham, sorry, um, and began that process of making a way for people of Israel to be right with God. But all along, God's heart has been to reconcile all of humanity to himself. And so through his son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who died for our sins, all of humanity is given access to this right relationship with God. Now, I want you to think back um, to that scenario I painted for you of um, standing, standing at, at the judgment throne. And I want you to think, think, sorry, think for yourself. Um, picture yourself there. Where, what reaction are you going to have? What's going to be your response? Um, are you going to be filled with, with dread and, and fear, shameful fear? Are you going to be able to f- feel the peace of God? And, and I really want to encourage you if, you, if you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus, I, I really want to encourage you to consider um, what Paul is, is saying to us here in Romans. That we can't earn our way to God. We can't earn our way to, to salvation. Anything that we do um, as we live our lives, um, trying to be a better person, isn't going to do it. And we have a God that loves us so much that he wrote this beautiful story of bringing his own son into the world um, to take on that, that death and that sin that, we, that we've done. He took that on himself um, so that we could have access to God. So that as we're on, before the judgment throne, he could say, I got that. I'll take his death. He's with, he's with me. He's in the fam. And I want, I want you to consider that, that peace that comes with that. Peace of, of, of your past, all the things that you've done, um, all the, the mean and, and manipulative and malicious things that you've done in your life. Um, you can have peace from that. That can be erased in the sight of God. And in the present, you can have peace with a God who who loves you and wants to live life with you, that wants to help you through your life, that wants to give you um, the power to overcome sin and have a a deep relationship with you. And, And consider the peace and the hope of a future in a world that 
isn't full of, of darkness and, and sin and pain and death, but, but is life as it was intended to be. Consider the hope in that. And if, you, if you're already a follower of Jesus, if you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, um, I want you to ask yourself, are you experiencing this peace? I think a lot of us, a lot of us feel that peace um, when we first come to, to follow Jesus. When we first decide to follow Jesus, it's really exciting, right? It's like a, a new romantic relationship where it just feels good all the time and it's got butterflies and all that stuff. Maggie knows what I'm talking about. And it's like that, right? But thing, then things get hard. Things get hard. And, and it, it gets difficult to follow Jesus. And he asks you to do things that aren't very comfortable or are kind of inconvenient or you know, aren't very fun sometimes. It's hard. And, and sometimes there's people around you that, that give you um, a lot of slack for being, for being a Christian. Maybe some of your professors talk down on Christianity. I know I, I heard that a lot in my undergrad, in bi- biology classes and all that. So when, are, you, are you experiencing the peace of God in the midst of not feeling the peace of God. So I want you to consider that. Um, And I want you to, wherever you're at, um, consider talking and praying with with someone next to you um, and ask for that peace that's that's not just a feeling, um, but that the Lord would really grow in you um, a trust and a hope and a joy in in the future and what's to come that can get you through the difficulties of of this life, right? Um, The worship team can, can come up again. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pray for us again. Lord, this this is a beautiful story. You loved um, your creation. You loved these these people that you created in your image, um, and loved them so much that you gave them free will to that they would have the opportunity to to even choose not to follow you. Um, and so Lord, that's what we feel today. That's the the nature that that we feel. But Lord, you you made a way for us to be in right relationship with you again. So Lord, we we just praise you and and thank you so much for your son, Jesus. And that he came to this world and and lived the life that, that Adam wasn't able to live, that we aren't able to live. And then he stands with us at the judgment throne and says, No, I got I got them. I'm going to take that, that death for them. 
He's with me. She's with me. They're in the fam. Thank you, Lord, for doing that for us, for making a way for us. And Lord, thank you for the peace that we have in you. Peace from our past, peace in our present, and peace for the future, Lord. So Lord, I, I pray that peace over us right now. Amen.